Welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wastner. With me is Allison Neubauer. Welcome, Allison. Hi, Bill. So, what do you have for us today? Uh, so, this time of year in Illinois, we're feeling cooped up from being inside all winter, and many of us are antsy to get out and start preparing our yards, so when the weather gets nice, we can finally enjoy it. Um, so, today, I wanted to share some quick tips about what we can do now and over the next couple months to gear up for the spring lawn care season, uh, and in particular, focusing on the natural lawn care practices that underpin our Lawn to Lake program. Okay, well, I think we're going to have to start with a quick reminder on what natural lawn care is. Sure. Um, so taking a more natural approach to lawn care means that you're focusing on creating a healthy environment starting from the soil and on up to the grass, while using minimal inputs of synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. This is good for the environment in a lot of ways. In terms of water quality, we're reducing the excess nutrients and chemicals that run off our lawns and into local water bodies or groundwater. Uh, and in terms of water quantity, we're actually minimizing how much water we use and promoting more efficient irrigation practices. If folks are interested in more information about the importance and benefits of natural lawn care, I encourage you to check out the Lawn to Lake Natural Lawn Care episode of Spotlight on Natural Resources from March of 2018. Oh, very good. So what should we start doing uh, in the yard right about now? So it's still a bit early to get into the full swing of things, but there are some important steps you can take now to prepare for the season. The end of March is a great time to give your yard a spring cleaning, and that means picking up natural debris like twigs and leaves. But also, after the snow melts and we get some good spring rain, we tend to see a lot of litter that is accumulated over the winter. So now's the time to get out into the yard and the street and pick up and properly dispose of any garbage. It's also really helpful and neighborly to clean off storm drains and help minimize backups and flooding. If you have a built-in irrigation system, you should make sure that it's in good working order by fixing any damage that might have occurred over the winter and optimizing the efficiency of your system. To do that, you can follow four pretty easy-to-remember steps from the Environmental Protection Agency's WaterSense program. Number one would be inspect. Uh, you should inspect your sprinkler heads for any breaks or clogs, and that's important because, as the EPA points out, just one broken sprinkler head can waste 25,000 gallons of water over the course of six months. Uh, number two is connect. Make sure that your irrigation system's pipes joints are connected tightly to ensure that there are no leaks. Number three is direct, and that refers to directing the spray so that it's hitting the plants and the lawn and not sidewalks or streets, which are impervious surfaces that will just send water to gutters and storm drains uh, instead of infiltrating into the soil where it's needed. And finally, number four is select, and this is encouraging you to be mindful of the schedule of your irrigation system. Um, and you can actually select a controller with sensors that respond to real-time weather conditions so you're not watering in the middle of a rainstorm. Um, and I'd encourage folks to find an option that gives them greater control of their watering schedule. If you choose to water your lawn consistently, we recommend one thorough watering per week in the early morning between 6 and 9 a.m. 
uh, and applying about an inch of water at a time. And you can calibrate your setup using a rain gauge to measure the length of time that your particular system should run to achieve an inch. Very good. So what uh, kinds of things should one do for your lawnmower? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a few important things you can do for your lawnmower to get it ready for the season. First, you should sharpen your mower blades, and this is important to minimize the stress on your grass when you mow. Keeping your blade sharp ensures that you get a nice clean cut, and you can either do it yourself if you have the appropriate tools and take the proper safety precautions, or you can check with your local hardware store or lawn and garden shop to see if they can take care of it for you. The next thing you should do is check the height on your mower and make sure that if necessary, you're raising the blade on your machine so that it will cut the grass to three inches. Uh, and lastly, you can remove the bag from your lawnmower so that you leave the grass clippings on the lawn as you mow, which will provide a free and sustainable source of nutrients and moisture. Um, and of course, if you have a mulching mower, you can skip this step um, because mulching mowers actually chop up the grass into nice small pieces and returns them to the lawn. Okay, so once you've got all the equipment set and ready to go, what's what's up next? So if you tend to have problems with weeds like crabgrass and dandelions, the early weeks of April uh, are the best time to prevent those by applying corn gluten, which is a pre-emergent, meaning that it will prevent dormant weed seeds from germinating and sprouting. Uh, it's important to time it right because corn gluten will not kill established weeds. Uh, you can check with your county extension to see when the optimal time is in your part of the state. Or a good marker is to try to apply before the forsythia bloom. Hmm. Even if you've applied corn gluten, uh, you can still continue to monitor the lawn and hand pull or spot spray any unwanted weeds or pests that crop up. Uh, using a natural product such as soaps, horticultural oils, plant-based insecticides, or vinegar. And it's also a good idea to crowd out weeds by filling in any bare spots with a 50-50 mix of compost and soil followed up with grass seed. We're good. Now, not that I'm looking too far into the future, but uh, tell us about what we should be thinking about as May rolls around. Yeah, May is a great time to get your soil tested for pH and nutrients so that you know what, if anything, you'll need to add to the soil and to the lawn. And you can find soil test locations in Illinois at uh, the website extension.illinois.edu slash soil test. Also in May, when the grass is actively growing, you can aerate your lawn. And it's best to use a hollow tine core aerator so that you're removing plugs of grass and soil, which will reduce compaction and create space for air and water in the soil. Aeration helps prevent a lot of problems you might otherwise experience and is especially good for drainage and preventing weeds that thrive in compacted soils. Um, you could pay to have someone come out and aerate for you, or you can rent an aerator from the hardware store. Uh, and sometimes it's nice to go in on a rental with neighbors and hit a few lawns at a time. Uh, after aerating is also an ideal time to top dress with compost, applying about a half inch to the lawn and then overseeding so long as the soil temperatures have hit 50 degrees with uh, grass seed. Um, and compost does wonders for your lawn. By increasing the organic matter, your lawn can hold more water, and it's also benefit adding beneficial microbes that feed the soil a more balanced diet.
And also, if you have issues with grubs, May is a good time to apply natural grub control like beneficial nematodes or milky spore if you have Japanese beetles. Very good. So where can we go for more information? For more information, you can visit lawntogreatlakes.org. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Great Lakes P2 for monthly lawn care updates. Sounds very good. For this edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, I'm Bill Wasner and Allison Neubauer.